This is the Friday, July 23rd edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action as we get set for the big weekend. So settle in and we'll get you set in just under 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome, welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app alongside Tyler Foljam. I'm Joe Fortenball. No foreplay today. We're going to jump right into it. We've got a really big card for tonight and the weekend. Let's start with Major League Baseball, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Chicago Cubs. We were just talking about what we were going to discuss on the pod. We both landed on this game. Floor's yours, buddy. Which way are you going here? Just the way I like it, Fortinball. Jump right in. No champagne, <laughs> no oysters, no nothing. Um, wind nothing. is blowing out in uh, Chicago on the north side. You know me. I always first thing check the weather when I wake up. Uh, on yep. the north side, it's mid to upper 80s. Wind blowing out to left center at Wrigley at around uh, 9 to 12 miles an hour today with gusts uh, that could uh, move even higher than that. So um, Zach Gallon and Zach Davies on the bump. Uh, two of the five Zacks that will start today in uh, Major League Baseball, as our uh, CP Ed Eck uh, informed me earlier this morning. Um, Davies Zach Attack. Can beat Zach Attack, right. I, I kind of want to do something on Daily Wager around Zach Morris and A.C. <laughs> Slater. If we, if we can kind of coordinate that offline, uh, that would be great. But um, ten and a half is the total. Now, the problem here is Chicago's offense is not that good. Chris Bryant didn't play, uh, was held out of the lineup the last couple of days against St. Louis. Um, is he going to be traded? Is he not? We know the Diamondbacks and their struggles on the road. So I'm not offering you a play here. I'm just pointing out that if you like fertile hitting environments, the best one in Major League Baseball today, even though the offenses may not be very good, um, is the uh, D-backs and the Cubs wind blowing out 9 to 10 miles an hour, 85 plus degrees at Wrigley Field. 10 and a half is the total. Um, Perhaps that's a little bit low. If I did bet, I would bet the over. But right now, I am just informing you of the uh, weather in Chicago. Do you actually have a play on this game? Uh, and that, will you save me from straddling the fence? That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a Tyler Fulgham special. I've known him for a year, and I've never <laughs> met someone who uses more words to get to literally nothing than this guy. All those words, no bet. I'll give you something. I will go ahead and play Arizona here at plus 130. This is an earlier game, by the way. It's not tonight. So if you're listening to this, Hopefully you have the opportunity to get it in. Two average pitchers. Davies with a 4-3-5 ERA. That's the second worst ERA he's posted in seven seasons in the bigs. Gallon's been okay, 3-8-6 ERA. So ultimately, what's the big distinction between the two? As bad as Arizona's been this season, they're actually playing all right as of late. They've won four straight, during which time they've put up 27 runs. You look at the Cubs. This is just a bet against them. They've been terrible. They've lost 17 of 22. They're 22nd in Major League Baseball in runs scored per game. They're 3-10 and 10 in their last 13 games against a right-handed starter. So, yes, you have a bad Arizona team, but they're playing all right, and they might have a pitching edge coming into this game. On the flip side, you got a Cubs team that should be good, but they're not. They've been bad. They're terrible as of late. They don't have anything going on from a pitching perspective in this game. So, ultimately, Arizona is going to be trotted out there at plus 130. I'll take a shot on that. I don't think it should be nearly that high considering everything we just laid out. So that's game number one. If you were looking for an underdog or anything on today's card, what's, uh, what strikes your fancy? Yeah, well, Zach Thompson, the starter for the Miami Marlins, hosting the San Diego Padres. I was eager to attack the Marlins yesterday with Blake Snell on the bump on the road um, and his nine-plus ERA, but he actually had a good start. 
Um, Joe Musgrove, he who authored a no-no earlier in the season, is on the bump for the Padres. And he's one of those pitchers who has had a disturbing trend of his numbers dropping precipitously with the crackdown on foreign substances for pitchers. He has not looked like the pitcher from you know April and May of uh, this season after the uh, after Major League Baseball made that jump. Zach Thompson, however, is one of the uh, better young pitchers or better new pitchers, I should say, in Miami's rotation. A guy whose K rate hovers in the upper 20s. His ERA um, is really low. And although San Diego is a very tough matchup, at plus 140, plus 145 for Zach Thompson – you may be able to get some value on the Marlins because Thompson is good, especially against lefties, even though the righties in San Diego's lineup are very good, Machado and um, Tatis Jr. Musgrove, if he continues this trend, might give up uh, more runs than Thompson does, even against a much better offense in San Diego. So Musgrove's been awful his last five or six starts. If you want an underdog that might have some value, I would look at the Miami Marlins against the San Diego Padres, hoping that Musgrove continues his trend of poor starts. All right, I like it. I've got two for you if you have attention span issues like I do. These are going to be first five-inning wagers. The first one we're going to go with is the Philadelphia Phillies against the Atlanta Braves. Zach Wheeler is going to take the mound here. Now, the Phillies in the first five innings on the run line. So they've got to win by half a run. It's minus 115. Let's start with Max Freed, who's going to be pitching for Atlanta. 4-2-9 ERA this season, career high, and Philadelphia despite being underwhelming for most of the season, has been very good against left-handed pitching. 12th in home runs, 3rd in weighted runs created, ninth in weighted on-base average. Meanwhile, Zach Wheeler is going to be pitching for the Phillies. He's made three starts this season against Atlanta. Three earned runs in almost 20 innings pitched with 26 strikeouts and only four walks. Philly's also been very resilient as of late. Eight and two over their last 10 games when coming off a loss as they got beat up by the Braves yesterday. I like the bounce back. First five innings, I'm taking the bullpen out of it. Phillies minus half a run at minus 115. Then we're going to move to the West Coast, the Angels. Same situation. First five innings, minus half a run is minus 105. This is a bet against the Twins and left-hander Jay Happ, who has a 6.15 ERA this season. And more importantly, even as of late, He's been worse. 15 earned runs in his last 18 and a third innings pitched over his last three starts. He's been terrible. The Angels hit left-handed pitching very well. Fourth in home runs, fifth in weighted runs created, second in weighted on-base average. Angels are going to turn to Alex Cobb, the righty, who very quietly has been good his last few starts. Three starts, his last three to be specific, two earned runs over 19 and two-thirds innings pitched. So we have a pitching edge here. And you've also got to look at Minnesota dealing Nelson Cruz to Tampa Bay yesterday. And you have to wonder what it's like in the clubhouse, knowing that the uh, organization is putting up the white flag on the season. So we'll take a shot with the Angels there. If you look at Saturday's card, anything jump out? Yeah, the, your San Francisco Giants taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kevin Gaussman, who has been the best pitcher in the National League, not named uh, Jacob deGrom this season. Um, actually has a better road ERA than home ERA, which you wouldn't think at Oracle, which is such a uh, you know pitcher-friendly park, but it's still a very low 2.25, and his matchup is with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. So we don't have lines on this yet, but obviously any which way you want to slice it up and bet Galsman and the Giants, I will be a um, proponent of. You want to bet um, Pirates team total under, whatever that is. Um, the first five, you went about the run line. If you went the run line in the game, I just think the Giants, obviously, the much better team. And uh, Gausman's been just really, really, 
really solid this season against, and they'll have a very easy matchup against a uh, Pirates team that ranks near the bottom of the, not just the National League, but Major League Baseball in many offensive categories. All right, I like it. Now, uh, Team USA, the Olympics get kickoff, I believe, tonight with the opening ceremonies. I think they've already happened, but since it's on the other side of the planet, uh, it'll be televised tonight. Team USA basketball, I'm in a stay-away pattern. I don't trust a lot of what's going on, not because they look poor, but ultimately because I don't know how the COVID protocols are going to work in Japan. I don't know how strict it's going to be. I don't know how many guys are going to get ruled out. They're a huge favorite. It's a pass for me. What are you thinking about with Team USA? I've been uh, kind of echoing this sentiment uh, ever since I've witnessed them in the exhibition uh, play. I'm just going to keep fading Team USA. They were 0-3 ATS in the exhibition uh, games. I'm going to keep fading them throughout this Olympic tournament until I see something change or they get to a gold medal game where they have something tangible and they really want to put forth, you know, their intent and effort. I just have to imagine right now for much of team USA, especially now drew holiday, Chris Middleton and Devin Booker was tired from this season that, um, you know, succeeded an abbreviated off season. Um, we know for these NBA players, as much as they do want to represent their country, the biggest prize is the Larry O'Brien trophy. It's not a gold medal for their individual legacies. Um, meanwhile, for a lot of these other players that are on other national teams, an Olympic gold medal may mean more to them coming from, you know, somewhere outside of the United States. Um, and, and then the fact that this core of this Team USA squad is not what it is we're used to seeing. There's no LeBron. There's no Curry. There's no Clay. There's no Carmelo. There's no D-Wade. There's no AD. These were the guys that won gold medals in previous Olympics, and now you're kind of, you know, transitioning to a new core, and this core also has the added element of, a long NBA season where you're probably tired and it succeeded in abbreviated off season. So I just don't like team USA in this particular Olympics. So I will fade them um, game one against France in group play. Uh, France is a 12 point underdog. I will take those 12 points. They have five NBA players on their team. Does France um, anchored by defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, Nick Batum, Evan Fournier, Timute Luavu Cabarro and Frank Delakina. Uh, those are all rotation players in the NBA. They're not certainly superstars outside of Gobert, who's an all-star, but those are good rotation players, and they have played together for a long time for this French national team. So I love 12 points, especially with the back door. I'm not saying, you know, France is going to win this game outright, though I do think it's a possibility, but I do love the 12 points um, head start, especially with the back door in the fourth quarter against Team USA, which was 0-3 ATS uh, in exhibition play. Hard to argue with anything you're laying out based on what we've seen from them so far, both on the court and off the court, with a lot of the key players like Bradley Beal who have been knocked off the roster. Let's wrap it up with UFC Fight Night, Las Vegas, Saturday night from the Apex. TJ Dillashaw and Corey Sandhagen in the main event. Do you have a bet for this matchup? Yeah, I side with Sandhagen. Um, you got to lay 190. Uh, I just think he's the better, younger, uh, more prepared fighter than Dillashaw uh, coming off a long layoff. Uh, I do like even more an even money bet for the uh, number of rounds to go over two and a half. Uh, Dillashaw will will want to take this as deep as he can as he tries to wrestle um, Sanhagen to the ground. I, I think Sanhagen has to use the first couple of rounds to feel out um, Dillashaw and then we might see a stoppage in the third, fourth, or fifth round from Sanhagen, but I do think this at least gets to the third round with Dillashaw and his style against Sanhagen and his style. So even money at over two and a half rounds is definitely a play I like. Yep, same bet. I made that one yesterday. I like it at even money. There are a lot of questions about TJ Dillashaw coming into this fight. 
He, we haven't seen him in 30 months. He lost to Henry Cejudo, and then he tested positive right after for EPO and caught a two-year suspension. So now he's like 35 years old. But there's two things we do know about Dillashaw, lightning quick and an excellent wrestler. And that's a problem for Corey Sanhagen, who we saw on full display in his last loss to Aljamain Sterling. Excuse me. There were serious wrestling issues. Sterling got him to the ground and submitted him early in that fight. So ultimately, what I think is going to happen here is what you just talked about. Dillashaw is going to go for the takedown because he wants this on the mat. And Sanhagen's either going to defend or he's not. But what happens is when you're trying to worry about takedown defense, you're not necessarily on the offensive. There's a feeling out period. It takes time. And take a look at Dillashaw's record, and you'll see that that's played out in quite a few of his fights. Over his last 11 fights, eight have gone over two and a half rounds. So given everything we've laid out, styles make fights, as they say. I think this one gets a little deeper as well. You're offering even money at over two and a half rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the distance. Five rounds, I believe, is somewhere around plus 175. So even money just to get halfway there is something I'm willing to jump on. So I'm glad we're in alignment on that one. All right, Tyler's going to be hosting Daily Wager today. Doug's out on vacation, so the inmates are running the asylum. 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. That is it for today. 10 minutes of the bets you needed as promised. If you get an opportunity, we'd appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review. It does help us out a lot. Good night. Good luck tonight. Good luck this weekend, and we'll see you back here Monday morning. <laughs>